Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. So to be a victim of somebody's error. Never to be a victim of somebody's mistake. Somebody decided to break the rule, phony while driving, and lost control, and killed many. Have you heard that before? That has been a victim of somebody's error. We're going to pray this morning. Say, Father, please help me never to be a victim of somebody's error. Let not my children be a victim of somebody's error. Let every member of my family never be a victim of somebody's mistake. I refuse to be a victim of somebody's error. Every satanic agenda of death, agenda of failure, agenda of defeat over me and my household. I cancel them in the name of Jesus. I cancel every agenda of death over me and my household. I cancel every agenda of losses over me and all my loved ones. Let me and my loved ones never be a victim of somebody's error. Let me never be a victim of somebody's mistake in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. That prayer you need to be praying is every day. Because we live in a world where the devil is looking for people to just waste their life. You are doing your own thing correctly, perfectly, but someone is doing what he should not do. Many nations are in trouble today, wars, because of decision of one man, the president. Are you with me? 
And that's why many of us, we are suffering today because of one mistake our father made or our mother made. The second prayer, Psalm 23, verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. And what is the prayer? Father, please perform great miracles in my life. Now listen. Great miracles that will be too complex for my enemies to undo. You want me to give an example? When the Lord parted the Red Sea for the Israelites, it was what? A great miracle. And God forced the Egyptians without their senses to enter that miracle. And what happened to them? That miracle choked them. Are you with me? That miracle what? It choked them. Because they went without sense into it. Father, please perform great miracle in my life that will be too complex for my enemy to handle. Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Lord, let my enemy not be able to do anything about that which you are set to do in my life. Bless me indeed to the point that my enemy will join me to testify. My enemy will join me to serve you. My enemy will join me to celebrate. In the name of Jesus, that man that sat in the office, he will never allow you to be promoted. Say that in the eyes of this man, promote me ahead of him. That woman that said you will never carry your own baby. Say, Lord, this woman in his own eyes, while he's still alive, I shall carry my own children. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, we thank you. For we know you that keepeth us never sleep nor slumber. It is only those that the Lord keepeth that escape from evil. This is our confidence, Lord, that as we go through this world, as our children go through this world, as we march through the street of this land, and everywhere you are positioned, horse. In our offices, wherever we may be, we shall never be a victim of somebody's error in the name of Jesus. Father, you are the great God that does great things. All we pray that, Lord, you will perform great miracles in our life that will be too complex for our enemy to tamper with. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, this is your hour. Do what you know how to do best. Teach us your word. Minister to us today and let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Put us together for Jesus as we take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. We all welcome to the presence of the Lord. We welcome those that traveled and are back. It's wonderful to see you back and for the wonderful experience you brought. I hope you don't forget to bring the goodies from home for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today we are going to be starting, actually I wanted this to be just one, but it's like the way the Holy Spirit will have it, we might likely make it two. Let's see how we go. I don't want to rush it. But somebody needs to be blessed with this. And the theme of the message is pray without ceasing. Who knows where it is in the Bible? Don't look at your Bible. <laughs> pray without ceasing. It's one of the series of short verses in the scriptures. You know, the shortest verse in the Bible is what? That just two words. This what? Three words. So this just next to the shortest verse in the Bible. Pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians five seventeen. First Thessalonians five seventeen. 
And what does it say? Pray without ceasing. When you go to New Translation, it puts it in a different way. It says, never stop praying. And if you have NIV, what does it say? Pray continually. And in message translation of the Bible, it says, pray all the time. 24-7. Pray all the time. When you look at this word in context now, it's a series of conclusion, admonition that Apostle Paul was giving the Thessalonian church. Start from the previous verse and the next verse. It, just, it was just saying it to them as if when you want to, you have a lot of things to say things about, but you just want to quickly pass the message across to them. Believe it that the Holy Spirit will expand it in their hearts. So Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. So we see it's a clear, very clear and straightforward instruction to pray that Apostle Paul gave the church. However, the implementation of this very clear instruction comes with great challenge. Why? Because many of us, we allow the circumstances we are going through, the situation around us, to determine when you pray and when you feel you don't need to pray. Whatever that is happening around you or the way you feel, it's not time to pray. It's time to do another thing. And because of that, many of us are doing the wrong thing instead of us praying when we ought to be praying. And if you do the wrong thing, even at the right time, what do you get? The wrong result. And because of that, a lot of us are allowing devil's plan to come to pass. I've said it here before. I think I heard it from Benny Hinn. Devil is not going to fight you if you are getting blessed, if you are getting miracle if you are getting all those stuff that God said he would give us. Yes. But devil is afraid when you go on your knees. Because you know the moment you go on your knees, you are commanded the greatest power in the whole universe to act on your behalf. And because it's too late, the devil cannot pray. <laughs> it's too late for him. So the moment he sees you goes to God in prayer, he's frightened. Because you know when you pray, what will happen? What will happen when you pray? God will answer. Apostle Paul placed emphasis of always, without ceasing. He said pray. Yes, we all know to pray. But it's not saying in this verse, pray always. Never stop praying. And when you look at other writings of Apostle Paul in Romans 12, 12. Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation. Continue instant in prayers. And Ephesians 6, 8. Ephesians 6, 8 says, Praying Always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching there also with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And our precept for this year in Colossians 4 2 say, Continue in prayer. That was actually where we started from. Don't stop praying, pray without ceasing. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with what? Thanksgiving. And our Lord Jesus Christ laid this same emphasis when he was teaching about prayer. In Luke 18, 1, he said, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, 
that men ought always to pray. Luke 18.1 Men always to pray and not to faint. In Luke 21.36 Jesus said again, Watch it therefore and pray always. Luke 21.36 Pray always. So then what does it mean to pray without ceasing? What does it mean to pray without ceasing? It means living a prayerful lifestyle. Short prayers, long prayers, medium prayers, all manner of sizes of prayers. Living a prayerful lifestyle. Violent prayers. Peaceful prayers. Cryful prayers. Praiseful prayers. All manner of prayer. Living a lifestyle of prayers. It means having a prayerful attitude and a prayerful mindset. Many of us, when we have issues, we think about the man that will solve it before you think about the God of the man that will solve it. The Bible says, vain is the help of man. Having an attitude and mindset which connotes that you totally trust God and depend on him completely by faith and not out of fear. You know, some people pray, actually pray out of fear. When you say pray without ceasing, it means what? You are praying in faith. Believing God, when you pray, God will answer. What does it mean to pray without ceasing? It means constant consciousness of God as a father that will always answer your prayers. The consciousness that I have a God that will never, never fail me. I have a God that answers prayers. I have a God that I can go to any time and he will not reject me. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. Now, many of us now, as we are sitting here now, if your phone rings, what do you do? You say, God, please wait a bit. You go out to go answer the call. But you are not actually conscious that you are in the presence of the living God that you can cry to and he will answer your prayers. We go around with that phone. Your phone, you go around with it. Do you go around with consciousness that whatever happens to me, I need to continuously be praying unto this God that answers prayer. You know why? He's expecting you to pray it. But are you truly communicating constantly? The same way you are expecting to receive a call. When your phone is even asleep, your head is here, your phone is here. Ask Pastor Leslie, he will tell you the effect of that. If only God can help us to be conscious of prayers like we are conscious of our phone. And you know the connectivity of your phone is limited, isn't it? If a radio decide to cut, if the mask around this area now decide to, to get blown or is falling, we don't have reception again, isn't it? But the connection to heaven, nothing can stop it except you. And how do you stop the connection? When you're living sin. What does it mean to pray without ceasing? It means a unique privilege for children of God. Now, how do you think, if you have friends that are unbelievers, many of us we have seen this, the way they are frightened. And because of that frightening, many of them are resolved to anything that happened, let it happen. 
But as a child of God, you don't live your life that way. Because you know you have a father that you can call on at any time. It's like I'm working with my son now. And I hold one of my sons. And we are working together. And anybody is doing any nonsense. Is the boy perplexed? Is the boy disturbed? Say, have daddy with me. That's why we compare the faith of a little boy. That that's the type of faith we should have. If your child is in 10 story building. And you as a father, you say, junior, jump. And you stay like this. What do you think junior will do? He will jump. Because you know, daddy will what? Hold me. Daddy will hold me. That is the confidence we have as a child of God. Only go and look at people that they don't know the next thing. They know if anything happened. If anything that happened, happened. Sorry. It's not anything that happened that happened. In Psalm 46 verse 1, the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. You're in an emergency. What do you do? Many of us, in, even they are teaching our children in school, that when they, are, they want to exclaim, they should not say, Oh, Jesus. Or they should not say, Oh, God. What are they saying now, teenagers? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, we have mercy on our generation. In many schools, it's a crime for you to say God. In this woman, I'm not talking of the West. You don't talk about that. They tell you, don't say God here. If you are from the part of the world I came from, you're familiar with this. What is the shortest prayer you pray in emergency? Anybody? What is it? <laughs> How many people have used that prayer point before? That you were in an emergency and you shouted Jesus. You've done it? Is it a prayer? You see. Do you know what? In Nigeria, Muslim in Nigeria, they know this weapon and they use it. If I've ever been in a car about to have accidents, <laughs> you see Alaji beside you shouting what? Jesus! <laughs> After shouting Jesus, he's delivered. So, yes, I'm, I'm a Muslim now. Because it is written at the mention of his name. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. So if you have not been praying that very short prayers, you are afraid. Oh, many of us, you know, I think I've heard it before. Many people think when you shout the name of Jesus, you are disrespecting him. When you shout it too loud. <laughs> That when you shout the name of Jesus too high, you are what? Disrespecting him. What? Your emergency number is what? Jesus. Let me hear somebody shout, Jesus! Jesus! And it will arise for you in the name of Jesus. So therefore, praying without ceasing means pray at all times. In the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, at night. It means pray when you wake up. Before you take your breakfast, pray. Before you leave your house, what do you do? When you enter your car, what do you do? When you are driving on the road, what do you do? But don't close your eyes. <laughs> when you get to office, what do you do first? Many people are afraid to even pray in your office. You are afraid to pray in your office. Say in Nigeria, I don't know here, probably it happens here. Many people get to office, the only thing they do is sit down, and that's the beginning of the problem. Because somebody already dropped something on that seat. In the spirit. And the guy sits without praying. And before you know it, the legs start to pray. 
And that's the end. Pray without ceasing. And when you get to office, you are walking. As you want to present the slide, Holy Spirit, help me. You are solving a problem on the computer and you don't know where to go. You don't know the next thing to do. Holy Spirit, I need your help. I've been enjoying this wonderfully. And by the time you get to lunch, you are fasting. Your friends have gone to go and eat. What do you do? Pray. Your friends are going to smoke. They are smoking time, right? No company stop you from smoking. When you get to your toilet, what do you do? Pray. Pray without ceasing. When you finish work, you are going back home, pray. When you get back home, pray. Before you sleep, pray. In fact, before you take your bath, pray. Before you do anything, pray. Many people, the only prayer they pray when food is set is what? Plus Jesus minus death. <laughs> Plus Jesus minus devil. Praise God. Pray at all times. That is what it means to pray without ceasing. You are traveling, pray before you leave your house. Cover your bath in the blood of Jesus. Pray for yourself. You get to the flight, pray. You sit beside me when you are. Whether you don't like my prayer, that is not, it's not a crime for me to pray no more. Is, is it a crime to pray? You know me in my office. I get to the office and pray. If you are talking, you are talking to yourself. Until I finish my prayer, no talking. Even my boss. Because I have to pray. I enter the office at the first day of the week. I'm already declaring. This office, things will work for me today and not against me. Any meeting I enter to, I forbid any man saying anything contrary to the will of God concerning this project. I want to go for a review. And I say, God, in this review, the summary of the review is success for me, for this project, because I'm in the project. Pray at all times, 24-7 and non-stop. Now, I, I want to go through the, what I call some specific times and situations when prayer is a must for every believer that wants to live a victorious and fulfilling life. Remember I told you some people they do the wrong thing at the right time. When they're in a situation, instead of praying, they're doing a wrong thing. I have quite a number of them that the Holy Spirit revealed to me. So if we're able to cover all today, good. If not, where we stop, we continue the next time. Number one, when must you pray? You pray before any project. Before any endeavor you plan to undertake. Now get it very well. It is not wrong for you to desire to do a thing. After all, Mark 11, 35 says, whatever you desire, when you what? Pray. So you have the right to desire what you want. You have the right to have vision. You have right to say, Lord, this is my aspiration. I want to become this. I want to become that. I want to get this. As a child of God, nothing is wrong with it. So far, it aligns with the scripture. It aligns with the word of God. But what you need to do first is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, what do you do? Acknowledge him. And he will what? Direct your path. We saw Jesus practicing this example. I love Jesus so much. He wouldn't ask you to do anything that he has never done. Before he started a three and a half years ministry, what did he do? He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. How many years ministry? Three and a half. 
He wouldn't do anything. Including choosing the disciples. He chose them after that prayer and fasting. No wonder it was a success. But up to tomorrow, the gospel is still marching on and the gates of hell can never prevail against it. Because it started with prayers. Pray for the confirmation of your desires. Yes, you want to do it, but have you checked with God? Is this the way to go or not the way to go? Pray so that you will have his divine presence with you. So that you have divine coverage, divine support when you are executing the project. Not you are already in the middle of the project. You have embarrassed yourself. You have put yourself to shame. You know, I say, God, please help me, help me. You say, did you involve me before? Sorry, that is not my plan for you. In the book of 2 Kings 6, 1 to 7. 2 Kings 6, 1 to 7. We saw the story of the sons of prophets. They were planning to relocate. Just like many of us are planning to relocate. Back to Nigeria, back to Australia, back to Canada, back to India, whatever you plan to relocate. They were planning to what? Relocate. And he said, And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with, there is too straight for us, too small for us. Let us go, we pray thee. So before we go, we pray thee unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam and let us make us a place there where we may dwell and he answered go ye but this guy was very smart look at verse 3 and one said be content I pray thee go with thy servant and he answered I will go they were going to construct a building they were relocating but they said no Elijah we, Elisha we know if you are with us God's presence will go with us. Please come with us. We cannot go without you. And in verse 4, so he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, We have fell it. And he shoot him the place. And they cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And they ironed this thing. Therefore, said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Now, imagine if they went for that prelocation project without Elisha. What will happen to them? Shame. They were conscious that we cannot go on this, job, on this project without involving God. Do you involve God before you start your project? Or you have started to say, God, you have to approve this. God will not finance or approve a project that he is not in support of. There's nothing you want to do. You can't bribe God, can you? You can't, you can't, you can't do anything to make him support what he has not approved of you. So please learn to pray before any project. The Bible said David lived a victorious life. When you look at the history of David, he never lost a battle. Because he learned the principle of praying before a project. Now, it will surprise you when you go to 1 Samuel 38. 1 Samuel 38. This is the story of David. He went for war. Before he came back, the Amalekites came. They took the wives and the children away. Now, let me ask you. If somebody does that to you, God forbid. <laughs> Do you... Now, thinking about yourself, do you need to consult anybody to say, should I go after my wife and my children? Is that not your responsibility? Are you with me? Is that not your responsibility? 
Somebody has taken your wife and your children away. But David would not even go without praying. Look at verse 8. 1 Samuel 38. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this trip? And if I pursue, shall I overtake them? Will they not kill me? You know why David was doing that? He was probably asking God, why did you allow this to happen? Well, you have allowed it. Should I go and fight for myself or you will fight for me and make one army to destroy them and you will bring my children back to me? You know God can do that. God can do that. He can make an army to fight those guys and God will make those guys to bring it so David will just be relaxing at home. But David will not go. He said, God, should I pursue? And if I pursue, will I overtake them? Because I don't want to die. I don't want to go if you have not supported me. However, the same David, when it was time to fight internal enemy, when he saw Bathsheba, he never consulted God. A God, should I marry this woman? Should I go and should I use my authority to call this woman? Did he do that? And he failed. He was victorious externally. But internal enemy, he could not because he failed to pray for God to help him to overcome that temptation. I believe you know when to pray now. I thank God because I know I've said, said this before in this church. And I bless the name of the Lord. One of the things God hopes my heart to see in this church is the instrument of prayer and fasting that we do at the end of the year, of the, each month. I will share some secrets with you now. And I've said it before anyway. This three-day fasting, I don't joke with it in my family. Because I can tell you every encounter I have had with God in this land is traceable to that prayer and fasting. Why? Because the moment, by the grace of God, when we are approaching that time, I'll go to God, God, what is, are you saying concerning the month of September. Now, I'm already planning that now. What do you want to do? And he will give a word. And I'll begin to leave that, link that word to everything I plan to do. All my members of my family celebrating birthday. Every project I plan to do. Every travel I plan to make. Everything I look forward to. All my plans. I go to see it. Oh, these are it. And in those three days, I tell you, God, this is your word. Let this find the expression concerning this project. Concerning this purchase I want to make in September. Concerning this journey, what are you saying? And God has been proving himself. Over and over again. Over and over again. As a matter of fact, the last day of that prayer and fasting, my children know, even if I, if I want to forget, they will remind me. I'll put anointing oil on the head of every member of my family to seal what God has said concerning that month, September. I go in the month of September, I decree this is my portion and my family in that month. Because I know that you start a thing without involving God, you're on your own. So if you are going through some things and you discover that things are not going the way you should go, please retrace your step back. Did you start without God? Number two, when must you pray? When you need wisdom, direction, and guidance about a decision or a choice you need to make. Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. 
Pray, and I will show you those wonderful things that are beyond your imagination that you don't know. I will show you as part of my answered prayers to you. Many of us are praying, trusting God for a new job, trusting God for relocation. Which country should I go? Should I go to Afghanistan or I should go to Syria? <laughs> That's a difficult decision to make, right? <laughs> but I know it's, you say, should I go back to, to Nigeria? Let me use my country. Or I'll go, back, I'll go to U.S. For many people, that decision is very fast. But it doesn't go that way. By the grace of God, before I took the decision to relocate my family to Canada, it took me more than 10 years. I've been begged. My cousin said, no, come and do it. Come and do it. I said, no, God has not spoken. And when it was time, when God said, it is time to do it, everything came cheaply. Cheaply. Because it was time to do it. You are trusting God for wisdom to solve a problem. In mathematics, pray. You are in a business. You are confused. You don't know what, why should I do, solve this problem? Pray. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, any of you lack wisdom, James 1.5, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and obedeth not, and it shall be given him. And we saw in Daniel 2, 30 to 19, the story of Daniel and the three Hebrews. The king had a dream. And he said, I've forgotten the dream, but the dream is frightening. All these wise people, worldly, worldly wisdom that I have, you guys, you have to tell me the dream. I'm not telling me, you have to interpret it. Say, ah, there's nobody that can do this. You have to tell us the dream. And what will happen? We'll interpret for you. Say, no, I will not tell you. Because if I tell you, you will just tell me whatever you like. Say, go and kill everybody. All the wise men, they like, go and kill them. And then they heard. Eh, King, please, just give us some time. We serve a God that shows solution to problem. We serve a God that can show us the way out of any issue we ever pass through. And then they called the three Hebrews and they started praying. They saw the face of God. And before you know it, God revealed the dream and revealed the interpretation. You need wisdom? Go to God. Number three. When must you pray? During confrontation, during battles, when you are fighting battles that want to kill you. You are going through challenges that want to snuff life out of you. You are going through battles that want to shut, that want to make you go untimely. You need to pray. And what's the prayer you pray? Pray for God to fight for you, for God to defend you and give you victory. This is one of the controversial topics among believers. But to me, it's not controversial at all. Now, how do you pay, pray for your enemy? If somebody wants to choke your life, how do you pray for them? <laughs> somebody wants to kill you, not to fulfill God's purpose for your life, how do you pray? Let me show you up. How David prayed in Psalm 35, verse 1 to 7. Psalm 35, verse 1 to 7. We read it together. I like reading the scripture so that you see it. And we're not speaking, just say what we like. Psalm 35, verse 1 to 7. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of sheet and buckler. In other words, God, I don't want to do this fight. I can't fight. You take the battle and fight. God, this is 
gone. This is bomb. Take it and fight for me. And you know God fights neat. When you and I fight, we fight what? Dirty. But God fight how? Neat. And stand up for my help. Verse 3. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. You see salvation there? Verse 4. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that divides my heart. Let them be as child before the wind and let who? The angel of the Lord chase them. Angel of God, chase anyone that will not allow me to fulfill my destiny. God, do whatever you want to do with them. But I don't want them in my path. Are you with me? Verse 6. Let their ways be dark and slippery. And let the angel of the Lord persecute them. Many of us will like to quote, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. From Old Testament. But you don't like to quote this. And verse 7. For without cause, they hid for their net in a pit. I did not provoke them. I was just serving my God. They said, no, we must kill this guy. And I will not leave them. God, fight for me. Let me hear somebody say, Father, fight for me. And he will fight for you in the name of Jesus. And how do you call God to fight for you? Which type of prayer do you pray? I call it praiseful prayer. You give him powerful, praiseful prayer that will provoke him to rise on your behalf. In Psalm 68, verse 1 to 2. Psalm 68, verse 1 to 2. It says, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. All you need to do concerning your enemy, say, God, arise on my behalf. <laughs> and when God arises, what happens? His enemies will be scattered. You ask God to show up on your behalf. Psalm 94 verse 1. Psalm 94 verse 1. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth. O God, to whom vengeance belongeth. Show thyself. Concerning my situation, show yourself. Concerning these sickness that want to kill me, that I know did not come from you, it came from the devil. Show yourself. Concerning any issue, any battle of my life, Lord, show up yourself. Now, please note that one of the areas that many people are getting it wrong is you think when you are praying such prayers, you are prayed against your mother-in-law that you know you feel is a witch. Many of us think like that. You are praying against probably that your boss that are saying, this old man, I will never make, you will not amount to nothing. I will make sure you are sent back to India. You know, some people have been told like that. Are you with me? Some people have been told like that. I've gone through that in this land. And I pray this type of prayer. And God prove himself. <laughs> Woo. Now, Ephesians 6.12 says, see what we are really talking about fighting. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Ephesians 6.12. Against the rulers of this darkness world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So your prayer is not actually directed at that person. It's directed at whoever that devil that is making the person to do it. However, 
is where <laughs> the real issue comes. In any human agent that allow himself or herself to be used by the devil to do any evil to me, if he doesn't repent, he will go for it. Are you with me? Mary Magdalene was a witch. He cooperated with Jesus. Did Jesus cast, him, cast her out? What did Jesus do? Jesus cast the seven devils in her out. He assumed she came and said, no, I'm going to stop the ministry of Jesus Christ. And she refused to repent. <laughs> she would have gone for it. So you are not praying against that person. You are praying against the spirit. Making that person to do that thing to you. But if the person refused to cooperate with God, what will happen? You have to go for it. So your battle is in the spirit. So don't be afraid to pray against any demon, any devil that tries to stop you from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Now look at the example of Elisha and Elijah. I gave that example in, during our prayer, during our meeting, prayer meeting. The way you treat your enemy actually depends on you. Elijah, a captain and 50 came to him the first time. They did not cooperate with God. What happened to them? Consumed by fire. Who answered the prayer? God. The second captain and his 50 came. Elijah prayed. Say, God, deal with this one also. Because they are ready to cooperate with me. I can't afford to be arrested. To where? No. And God dealt with them. But the third one decided to repent, to change. And cooperate with God. What happened to him? And the 50? He was saved. Who did the three? The same God. The same God. And the case of Elisha. Elisha, when the anointing was out, he, he did not know how to manage the anointing. <laughs> the anointing was raw. As he was coming, Children were saying, oh, boy, headed, boy, headed, boy, headed. He got angry. He said, I curse you, in the name of Jehovah. From nowhere, she bear came and did what? Consumed 42 children at a time. The same Elisha, a whole country, a whole army of a country came to arrest him. Only one. No, it was only 50 plus one that came to Elijah. A whole army of a nation came to Elisha and they wanted to arrest him. What did Elisha do? God, give them blindness. Let them become mumu. You know what mumu means in Nigeria? <laughs> Let them not be able to do anything. Just render them useless for now. He put them in a, in a, in a zombie position. And he led them to the center of the city. The king said, let's kill them. He said, no, don't kill them. Don't kill them. What do you do to them? He said, feed them. That's how to love your enemy, right? Feed them. After feeding them, what do you do? Send them back to their country shamefully. And the Bible said, they never came back again. Now, you see, I've given you two scenarios. But one was double portion of anointing, Right? And you saw how he handled it. It's left to you. But I will beg you, please, don't be a casualty before you deal with that devil that wants to kill you. You will never be among the number of those that devil is planning to destroy in the name of Jesus. You will live to fulfill your days in the name of Jesus. Amen. No devil will cut short your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
how do you say it you have a boy that you have been training for 20, 30 years? On the day of graduation, graduation just remained a few days. Had accident, I died. Is that God? No. No. Let's not talk to you. It's the will of God. What's the will of God? We're going to end today here. We'll take the other point next time. I believe God has spoken to us. Let me just share one, one, one of my testimony with you. You know, I told you that that three days prayer and fasting, God helped me to use it mightily in this land. I did an interview in my company to convert from being a contract staff to be a full-time staff. After the interview, some people gang up and say, no, we will never allow him to come. And for one full year, I was in battle. Say, God, you are the one that... You, you, you know the funny thing about God is, I conducted that interview on a Monday, victory night Monday. I got the letter of offer on victory night Monday, one year after. <laughs> if, assuming I was now hitting, I said, no, this victory night, I'm not, that is pastor's uh, prayer and fasting. I was now eating. Probably I would have waited for another one year. The people that said, no, we're not going to take him. When God gave me that job, the same people came. And I said, you want to do anything in this department? If we don't involve this guy, sorry, you can't do it. The two of them, they are no longer in that company now. Because I went to God. See, God, I didn't, actually, I didn't pray for God to kill them. <laughs> or God to, to, God, I just need to fight for me. And like you did for Elisha, shamefully, let them know they are not fighting man, but fighting God. And God proved himself. And finally today, we'll continue next time. When must you pray? When you realize you are a sinner, you are not born again. You need to pray. Why? Because Christ can come anytime. Rapture can happen anytime. Are you prepared for your God? You need to pray a prayer of repentance and humble yourself before God. In Proverbs 28, 9, the Bible says, He that turneth away is here from hearing the law. Even his prayer shall be abomination. You are living in sin. Your prayer actually attracts anger from God. The only prayer you can pray and God will listen is what? I am a sinner. What? Please forgive me. You need to get God's attention like Zacchaeus did in Luke 19, 1 to 10. Zacchaeus positioned himself for Jesus to see him. He was a rich man, but he climbed the tree. The tree. He humbled himself. He positioned himself for God to see for Jesus to see him. And he accepted himself as a sinner. That God, I am a sinner. I need your help. He repented of his sin. And he prayed to Jesus to save his soul. And of course, he promised not to do this sin again. Because he said, I restituted. Everyone have taken their money wrongly. I have given them back four times. And then what happened? He began to pray all those four prayers I've mentioned today. And many others I will say the next time. And God will begin to answer. Let's be on our faith. You are here this morning, you know you are not born again. I've told you, the only prayer God wants to hear from you before you can, which devil are you going to fight? Which devil will you fight when you are not born again? And you want to pray to him to, to fight on your behalf. 
God will only fight on your behalf. Now, when we say let God arise and his enemy be scattered, if you are not born again, you are part of the enemies of God. That's the truth. And you know you want to change position today to become a child of God so that when you pray, God will answer your prayers. I want to give you opportunity today to make that decision. That when you pray, God will surely answer you. Every house closed, you know you are not born again. You can deceive anybody but not God. You know you are not born again, you are still committing sin. I want you to raise your hand unto God. I want to pray with you. So that it will save you like it saved Zacchaeus. So that your life will become meaningful and your prayers will be answered. Is anybody there? You know you are still a sinner. Or you, you are formerly a, a born again child of God. You backslid and you are no longer. You are struggling with sin. You want to take that decision this morning. Is somebody there? You want to make that decision? Please raise your hand so that we know you are doing it. And I will be praying with you this morning. And that is all you need to do for you to be born again. And all your prayers will be answered. Is anybody making that decision? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer. Let's sing this song. Koya, please help me. Let's sing this song quickly. While you are thinking about making that decision, cast thy burden upon the Lord and it shall sustain thee. I don't know what you are trusting God for. You have been praying since the beginning of this year. You have been crying unto God. But this song says, just continue praying. Evening, morning, afternoon, will I pray and cry aloud? And I know it will hear my voice. Hallelujah. Cast thy body upon, upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be is clear and there is no confusion in these words but that's what God wants us to do in James chapter 5 verse 17 and 18 it is written thus Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, 
and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. You and I will be like Elijah. When we pray, it shall happen. Not because of us, but because of the God we serve. It's nothing about us. All we need to do is pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray in faith. Pray believing that God will do it. That's all we need to do. Take a moment now, just one minute to pray. And believe what you're praying for. Talk to God. Don't do it for me. Don't do it because we're coming to the end of the service. But pray believing that what you ask for in the next one minute will happen. Because God will do it. Church, pray. Open your mouths and pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have again spoken to us so beautifully, Lord Father. You have given us an instruction, Lord, which we, we cannot be confused about, Lord. Father God, help us, every one of us, to take it to heart, Lord Father, to apply it day after day, Lord, moment after moment, Lord Father. Trusting in you, Lord Father, because that's what you have said, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us here will not walk out of this place and then forget that we need to pray without ceasing. Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us will remember in our good times and in our not-so-good times, in every time, that we just need to keep talking to you, Lord putting our hands in your hands, walking without fear, because God, you are my father. And just as my little child is fearless holding my hand, Father, I am fearless holding your hands, Lord. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for our pastor through whom you brought these beautiful words, Lord Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that your presence shall continue to be with him. That you will anoint him further, Lord Father. Bless him and his family, Lord Father. That they shall continue to be a blessing to so many of us, Lord Father. We praise you, we give thanks, we give glory. For in Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Remember, pray without ceasing.